Lots and lots going on. I am so pumped for Boo at the Zoo next Saturday. If uh, you haven't signed up to help us out, um, then uh, let me invite you to, to go to refugemain.church slash events and look at that. And uh, we, um, So this is the first outreach that we've done in a long time. And so I want to explain just a little bit what an outreach is. And an outreach is not for us. Okay, so, so like, like we love everyone that's in this room, but outreaches are for people that aren't in this room yet. And so we're doing this for our community, and we want to invite the community. Like, how cool is it that the community gets to come into our building, see what God has done in what used to be Dina's Lobster House and Tavern, right? Like, we turned it into a tabernacle, my friend says. And so... Um, like, like, it's so cool to watch what God does. And so we're inviting the community in. So um, invite your friends, uh, tell them they can come and they can uh, get all the candy. Like we've got lots and lots of candy to give away and, um, and, and tell them they don't have to dress up like an animal. They can dress up however they want to. It's just a, a thing that we're doing to, to show the community that, um, that Jesus loves them and that we love them. And so uh, if, if you're interested in helping us out, uh, then uh, we would love to. There's, there's a couple different ways, and they're available on the website as far as how you can get involved. Um, we're looking for people to set up, um, I think we're calling them cages, uh, but don't, don't think of that as a, like, it's a zoo, right? So I think we should probably call them exhibits right? So exhibits, right? Not, not so much cages, but, um, and, and, and then we're going to, we need people. So this is, this is a Saturday event and we're having church on Sunday, October 30th. And so, uh, we're going to have some cleanup that has to get done. And so, uh, however you can get involved, we just invite you to, to get, get involved. And so, um, man, did you have a good week this week? I had a good week. Yeah. Come on. I'm glad. I'm glad two of you had a good week this week, um, and if you didn't have a good week, then you've come to the right place, right? Um, look at your neighbor and say, you're in the right place, right? You're in the right place. I want you guys to feel like you're, you can talk, you can communicate, you can, um, you can participate. We always, uh, we always say that you get in what you put out, right? You get, you get, wait, you get out what you, yeah, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And so we want, we, want you to, um, we want you to receive this morning. And the way that you receive is just by opening your hearts and by telling God that, that you're available, right? Just like we sang, and uh, that, that we, you want to hear from him. Uh, I had someone come up to me last week. So we started a new series last Sunday called Stories of Refuge. Did you enjoy last Sunday? Wasn't last week powerful? Um, I had someone come up to me after service and say, I hope you're ready because after that one, you've got a target on your back. Satan did not like that one. And uh, I, you know, I, I, I tell you that today to say, I hope that I preach every week that puts a target on my back for the next week and the next week and the next week. Because I already know that 
the, the, the message this morning is that I already have victory in Jesus. And so because I have victory on Jesus in Jesus, no weapon formed against me will ever prosper, the Bible t- tells me. And so because no weapon formed against me will prosper, I'm able to stand and preach like I've got a target on my back. And I invite the target on my back because Satan's defeated. And I am, I am victorious because of Jesus. And so this morning I'm super excited to, to do another story of refuge for you. Um, but as we, as we get into it, I, I want you to know that this series is, is it's about us. It's about the church. It's about the inheritance. It's about the community of believers that belong to Jesus. And, and so, but if, if you're not a part of the church, and, and not, not the church as in the refuge, but the church as in the whole church, the, the whole body of Christ, the family of God, if you don't belong to it, then we want you to know that you're in the right place, that there's always room at this table. There's always a seat that's open for another person to join the family. And uh, I'm, I, I love talking about, um, about the church. I want to give you again three reasons why we're doing this series the first reason is uh, because we're entering into, you ready for it, the holiday season. Are you ready for that? No, you're not. You, you can hear me say the holiday season a lot easier than you're ready for the holiday season. There's a whole lot coming. Like the holiday season is just around the corner. And I think a good pastor prepares you for the next season of life. And so that's going to be my, that's, that's always my mission to prepare you for what's next. And so um, with the holiday season comes a lot of confusion about what, um, about like where our inheritance, if I can explain it to you this way, where our inheritance lies, right? So inheritance, we all see an inheritance as what our parents leave us. Well, God gives us all an inheritance, but it's not in the material things that we have in this life. In fact, God's blessing has very little to do with the material that we have. That'll preach. God's blessing has to do everything to do with his favor on your life. And so, so it has very little to do with material. And so as we prepare for the holiday season, we want you to understand that the inheritance that God offers us has very little to do with material has everything to do with the people that are, you're sitting shoulder to shoulder with. One of my favorite things about God's kingdom is that I get to take you with me, and you with me, and you with me. I, and friends that I, that I went to high school with, I'm able to take with me to the kingdom of heaven. I'm able to show them the way. It's my favorite thing about the gospel, that it's shareable. And, and so we want to... Just make sure that we're prepared for the holiday season, that we understand that as we get into all the material, that it's not about the material. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't get a lot of material during the holiday season. I pray that God blesses you tremendously with material during the holiday season, but that you understand that that's not what it's about. The second reason we're doing this series is because I want to show you the vision of the church so that you understand why, when we take up the offering, why we take up the offering, why we give, 
why we give money, the, the vision that you're giving towards, I want you to see a little glimpse. Like, um, last week I said that, you know, you can walk through the, 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 the halls of, of the Refuge Church. You can walk through the walls. You can see what God is doing um, in the building. But when you start to hear the stories, then you sit there and you go, oh, this is where my money's going. And that's, that's, what we, that's, what, that's one of our desires. It's not the purpose, but it's one of the reasons why we're doing this series. But also, finally, I want to encourage you that you can share your story. And that just like the people on the screen that we watch, you can share your story just like they did. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be on the screen in a video at church, but tomorrow morning it might look like sitting around the coffee pot at, at work, in the workroom, the teacher lobby, the, the break room, wherever it is that you, that you work. You can share your story with those around you. And so we want to encourage you that you share your stories. And that's, that's why the guy came up to me last Sunday and said, I hope, you, I hope you're ready because you got a target on your back because you just empowered a whole army of people to go and share their story. I hope you shared your story this last week. If you didn't share it this week, then I hope you get to do it next week and the next week and the next week. It's one of the greatest gifts that we have. Last week, my friend Zach Thomas shared his story of redemption and faith. And let me tell you, it was powerful. Today we've got another amazing story of redemption and faith that I cannot wait to share with you. Uh, but before we get to today's story, I want to share with you today's big idea from the very beginning, even before we watch the video. But before, <laughs> before I get to the big idea, I want to, I want to pray. Can I, can I just ask God one more time? that he would speak to our hearts today. I love to ask with, with that intent, right? So we've already prayed about, about the giving and, and the, the service, but we want to ask God specifically to speak to our hearts right now. Could, would you bow with me? Father, I thank you that you speak to us, that you are alive. And Father, we know that you're alive and you speak to us through your word. So God, as we open your word today, I pray that your words would be louder than my words, that you would speak louder than I speak, that you would speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's big idea is this. Jesus cannot be defeated. Jesus cannot be defeated. It is literally impossible for Jesus to lose. So let me just say real quick, whatever you're going through, maybe some of you came in this room today and you feel defeated. Maybe, maybe you're about to go through a week that you're going to need to know that you're undefeated for. And the reason you're undefeated is because Jesus is undefeated. And when we receive him into our lives, he becomes a part of our lives. And he shares with us his victory, his glory. Let me read for you John chapter 17, verse 22. 
John 17, 22 says, I have given them glory. This is Jesus speaking. I have given them glory that you gave me so that they may be one as you and I are one. This was Jesus' prayer for us, that we would be known as being glorious, that we would be known as being victorious. And if you ask Jesus to be your Savior and your King, He's a King that reigns. And when He reigns, it's not just that He, he reigns over our life and He bosses us around. That's not the King that God is. That's not the King that Jesus is. He's the kind of King that reigns and says, you know what? You get to reign with me. You reign with me. You reign over evil you can overcome sin because you reign as king just like I do, and I share the glory with you. You can overcome sin because you're victorious, because Jesus is undefeated. Guess what? We are also undefeated. Christians need to stop giving Satan credit. Let me say that again. Christians need to stop giving Satan credit. He's defeated. Stop. Let me encourage you. Maybe you don't do this. Maybe I'm the only one. Sometimes I preach to myself. Come on, somebody. When something bad happens, when I spill the coffee, or when I do whatever, first I blame myself. But oftentimes I get back to saying, well, Satan's, there goes Satan again. Stop giving him credit. He's defeated. He has no power in our lives. And maybe the obstacle that we face is God giving us the opportunity to get stronger. Maybe the obstacle in our life is God giving us an opportunity to see that we are victorious, that we're, that we're glorious because of him, that we can overcome it, that we're strong enough. My prayer today is that after the message this morning, that you would leave here with a whole lot more energy than you have right now. That was a joke. You can laugh. <laughs> I turned on the heat this week in here. I was trying to put it off, and uh, I felt the building was just getting really cold. I, I, uh, I turned on the heat, and now I'm, I'm second-guessing my, 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 my decision. You guys look nice and cozy this morning. <laughs> But my desire is that you would leave here victorious, that you would know that Jesus is the king of your life because you've put him on the throne of your heart and that you are victorious because of him and only because of him and that you would live victorious. And ladies and gentlemen, that is why I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend, Sherma Moody. I should tell you, I am not from here. I'm from Angola. Let's start with that. Truly didn't want to be that statistic of a girl being um, pregnant at a young age with nothing else to do. So I, uh, I prayed, I prayed that God would open up a, a way that I would have a different outlook or out, a path. My father, um, used to take uh, tourists and drive them 
um, on boats to the local islands to, so that they can see what the island had to offer. In that, he met um, my parents here today. And I prayed that uh, my mom would allow me to have the opportunity to uh, come uh, to America so that I can do something with my life. It was much, I know I had more to offer than just being a young mom. Um, and when I came to America, I met that guy. Yes, the whitest guy you can ever find, but I met him. Um, and uh, I married him uh, 22 years ago. Then uh, later on, um, we had kids. We had two beautiful children. Um, with those kids, um, I will tell you, um, I never thought I could be a mother, uh, but uh, Haley and AJ, Haley made me a good mother for AJ. After we got married, um, life was great. It was great. However, um, I was not happy with myself. I was happy with my marriage. I was happy with my family. But inside, I needed more. I wanted more. Um, and I just was not happy who I was. I just knew I had to go to a church. I knew that I, one day I just woke up and it was a Sunday and I'm like, I need to go to church. And I told my husband, who doesn't go to church, that I needed to go to church. And he was like, uh, babe, I, I play basketball at the high school. There is a new church um, in there. Why don't you try that? I was like, okay, let's try it. And it was the refuge. So I went in. I went to his basketball game, say hi, and I said, I'm going to church. And I went to church. And um, every Sunday after that, I continued to go to church. I didn't plan it. I didn't want to do it. Um, however, I couldn't move. I was wrestling in my seat even after service that it was time for me to give my life to Jesus, but my life. And uh, in the bathroom, I called that person that I told you about, my husband, who's always there. It's like, in five minutes, I'm going to get baptized. He was like, I will be there. That just goes to show you his heart. And uh, he came, um, but I was ready to go and put down the old Sherma to be a new person. I cannot tell my story without really involving my family. Not only myself that feel good about that story, but my family reaped the rewards of me giving my life to Jesus. My children knows um, that I'm a happier person. Um, the dynamic of it all, uh, I cannot explain. I cannot explain. And uh, I did a small, I, I became a small group leader. It was um, one of the most nervous things I did, but uh, very exciting. And it was exciting because it's where you're at, and uh, you, it's not about you. Um, it's about giving your message uh, through
through you or giving God's message through you. And when you realize that, things just start to, to be in place and to hear the stories um, around the table from women just like you and I, um, it's, um, it's opening when you realize you're not alone and you cannot live life alone. And just building community in all of that just makes me want to give more. And as I do small groups, I will say small groups are the secret sauce of our church. Um, if you're not in a small group, I would challenge you why. It's so, so important that you continue to build on learning about Jesus. Um, learning Jesus churches Sunday, but church is the people. We walk around and um, the more people um, talk about Jesus, the more we want to know. Um, and today I'm telling you my story. Somebody who is shy, somebody who never thought they would be in this position but at the end of the day, you cannot find what God is doing in your heart. And all I want is to continue to share my story so that somebody could get one more step closer to him and know where their identity stands. Powerful, huh? Uh, Jesus is undefeated. And there's so much about Sherma's story that I see the resilience of our Savior. The way that he pushes through, that he had a desire to rescue a girl from Anguilla, or in Anguilla from her sin, to introduce her to a Savior through a husband playing hoops at the high school that went into the school just to, just to play ball, and he sees this church that's setting up and tearing down, hauling a trailer to, to put on church so that people can come and hear the gospel. And he goes home to his wife that he knows is searching, not really understanding what she is searching for. And she says, and he says to her, hey, you should check out the church where I'm playing basketball. How crazy is that? And here's what I love about the gospel, is I know that as I look out into the crowd this morning, I... I see people that have stories that are just as crazy, if not more crazy, of people that have encountered Jesus because of his relentless pursuit of their heart. And maybe today is the day for you that that pursuit ends because you come to him, and it's not that he stops, because he never stops, because he's undefeated. 
and he continues to pour in, continues to show you the way. I absolutely love his pursuit of each and every single one of us, people that you don't know or people that you know, but you don't know that they have a relationship with the Savior. He is pursuing them, and maybe, just maybe, he's pursuing them through you. That's why we do a message series called Stories of Refuge, so that you can see that maybe you're a part of the Savior's relentless pursuit of your friends. My family and I love that woman that was on that screen. She is a dear, dear friend. And I know that she's a dear friend to many of you as well. So, Sherma, I don't, I don't know if she's in this service or not, but thank you so much for sharing your story and being vulnerable. I want you to know that every time that you share your story, you have to be vulnerable. And I know it takes courage. I know it takes courage to tell someone that you love Jesus. It does. But I want you to know, this morning, he's undefeated. So even if you tell someone about Jesus, and you tell them, and you, and you may even leave that conversation feeling defeated, let me tell you, there are times in my life where I feel defeated, but guess what? I have to be reminded that Jesus is still undefeated. And I walk away from that conversation knowing that I am still undefeated because I am in Christ, because I am his son, I am his child. So this series, we're studying a chapter in the book of Revelation, probably the most complex book in all of the scripture, one of the most complex books in all of scripture. Revelation chapter 12 is where we're at. And by the way, if you want to follow along with the notes t- today, they're, all, they're available in the YouVersion Bible app. You can follow along. Uh, with them. We're almost done, believe it or not. I know I usually give that at the beginning of the sermon, but uh, don't worry. Don't, don't think that this is great. We've already been in here for uh, how long, and he's just now... I'm just kidding. <laughs> Revelation chapter 12 is... Um, it's, it's an interesting chapter because I actually think last week I, um, I made a little bit of a mistake, but just like every week, I... I reserve the right to correct myself the following week, right? I make mistakes. I'm human. Revelation 12 is, is really interesting because John writes it, and he's the same guy that wrote the, the book of John. If you're reading the Bible recap with us through the year, we read John chapter, I think it was 9 and 10 this morning. And he, the same John that wrote the, the gospel of John wrote the book of Revelation, and it was based on this, this vision that God had given him about heaven, about the end, about the past, about the present. And, and so um, last week I said I, that I thought that the Revelation chapter 12 was a part of a, a vision of the future. But really, upon further review, it's a, it's a picture of the past, the present, and the future. And so... Um, we have to understand that because we know that there are people that are, are mentioned in this, this chapter, Revelation chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, I hope you, you've turned there. If, if, and, and even if it's just on your phone, just scroll over. Because the whole chapter, I hope, you, I hope if you were here last week, you had a chance to read it. 
It is so profound. In it, there's a dragon that's mentioned. We know that the dragon represents Satan, is the devil. There's also um, brothers and sisters that are mentioned. We know that those are, they are us. There's a baby that's mentioned, and the baby that's mentioned is Jesus. Which, so, so then, again, it goes back to the, to the past when Jesus was a baby. And, and, so there's, and then there's this woman that's, that's mentioned. And a lot of times uh, people think that, she's, that, it, that the woman is Mary, and, and I may have even said that last Sunday. I, upon further review, it's not Mary. Many, many scholars believe that the woman that's mentioned is none other than the nation of Israel. I want to show it to you in Genesis chapter 37. But first, before we read Genesis 37, let's read about the woman and the, and the dragon in, in Revelation 12, 1 and 2. It says, Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun and the moon beneath her feet, and the crown of 12 stars on her head. How do we know this isn't Mary? Well, it's not Mary because it's never in Scripture is Mary dis, um, described as being a woman clothed with the sun, the moon beneath her feet, and 12 stars around her. Verse 2, she was pregnant, and she cried out. This is where we think it's Mary, because she was pregnant. And she cried out of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. Now, let's, let's jump down to verse 5 and 6, because this starts to clear it up a little bit. But, but you have to picture this is the future. Revelation 12, 5 and 6 says, She gave birth to a son who was the ruler, the rule all nations with an iron rod, and her child was snatched away from the dragon and caught up to God and to his throne and the woman fled. Who led? Who fled? Israel fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. And so now let me show to you why I believe it's the nation of Israel. Genesis 37, 9. This is when Joseph had gotten sold. If you go back all the way to Genesis there's a, there's a guy by the name of Joseph that is sold into slavery by his 11 brothers because Joseph was more loved by his father Jacob than he was the other 11. And so the other 11 said, we'll show you, Joseph. We're going to sell you into slavery. And so they sell him into slavery, and he goes to Egypt, where then Israel is captive in Egypt, for years and years, they're enslaved in Egypt by Pharaoh, all because Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. Have you ever made that connection? That that's why Israel is in, is in Egypt. So verse 9 says, Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. And what's in the dream? The sun, the moon, in 11 stars. Why not 12? Well, because Joseph is a part of the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 stars represent the 12 tribes that represent the nation of Israel. Therefore, we can believe that the woman in Revelation 12 is the nation of Israel. Why do you tell us that, Adam? Why does it matter? Why does it matter that that 
the woman is Israel. Well, the reason it matters is because for years and years and years, through Israel, Satan has tried to defeat Jesus. He's tried. Think about in Scripture, through, throughout all of Scripture, think all the way back to Abraham. Abraham's wife, Sarah, could not consume. Why do you think that was? I think, I think God had his hand in it, but all for the reason to prevent Jesus. And, but, but I think God's hand in it shows us that he's going he's gonna to relentlessly pursue us. He's going to continue to relentlessly pursue us. So he used a woman known as Sarah that was barren, that couldn't have kids, to finally give birth to Isaac and Jacob that would then birth a nation known as Israel. Then you fast forward and you see how Pharaoh, listen to this, this is crazy. Pharaoh murdered all the boys under the age of two. Why? Because Israel was outnumbering the Egyptians. And because, because Israel was outnumbering the Egyptians, Pharaoh goes, the king goes, we can't have the people that are the slaves be more than the people that aren't slaves. And so we need to destroy this nation. Israel has always been pursued to be destroyed. Think of all the way into the future, even after Jesus, when Adolf Hitler tries to kill the nation of Israel. Why have people always tried to destroy Israel? It's because Jesus, their king, is undefeated, right. and he cannot be destroyed. Right. The book of Esther. In the book of Esther, a guy by the name of Haman has, a, has the king tricked into signing into decree that all the Jews would be killed. Then Jesus is born. And the king, Herod, finds out that these, these wise men come through and they're looking for the star, they're looking for the king, and Herod feels threatened. So what does Herod do? He has all the babies under the age of two yet again killed, murdered, all because he was threatened by King Jesus. But Jesus remained undefeated. I want you to know this morning that just like God pushed through the barrenness of Sarah, just like God pushed through King Saul pursuing King David to kill him, just like God pushed through Haman setting a decree to kill the Jews, just like God pushed through Herod to kill all the Jews. Listen, he pursues and he pushes through whatever is necessary to pursue your heart. That's how much he loves you. Because the dragon is defeated, and I want you to know this morning that Satan is defeated in your life. How do you know? How do you know Satan is defeated? Look at verse 10 and 11. I love the imagery of Revelation 12, 10 and 11. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. 
this is where it gets confusing because here John starts to talk about the present. He starts to talk about me and you. It has come at last, salvation and power. Salvation and power has come at last. The kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers and sisters. Who are the brothers and sisters? The brothers and sisters are us. We are the brothers and sisters. If we know Jesus as our Savior and our Lord and our King, the accuser tries to accuse us. You're not worthy. You're not worthy to bear the name Jesus. You're just a sinner. Your story doesn't matter. No one wants to hear your story. Or worse yet, you tell your story, you're going to be not well liked. People aren't going to like you if you tell your story. Don't tell your story. He's always trying to prevent us. He's the accuser. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before God day and night. The accusations of the enemy. Some of you are tormented by them. Both day and night. But verse 11. <laughs> oh, verse 11. They have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb. And by their testimony that they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Jesus is undefeated. I love the imagery. How does God defeat a dragon? <laughs> For those of you animal lovers, I'm sorry. But he defeats the dragon by the blood of a lamb. I love animals too. But in the book of Revelation, Jesus comes as a lamb that pours out the blood to defeat the dragon, but he also comes as a roaring lion. But I love that God chose not to defeat the dragon by the roaring lion. He could have, but he chose to defeat him with the lowly blood of a lamb. And it's when I receive the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, when I receive that, then I become victorious. Then I become glorious. Just like Jesus prayed in the garden in John chapter 17, that they would have the glory that you have given me and that they would be one just as you and I are one, O-N-E, that we would be united. The reason this community, this inheritance is so sweet is because by the blood of the Lamb we overcome Satan, but we also become one as in unified. We are family. But it only happens 
by the blood of the Lamb. And then we get to grow this community by giving our testimony, by telling others, just like Sherma did this morning, what a great way to tell your story. She came, she discovered, and she decided. I love those last two verses. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before the, our God day and night, and they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. This is my prayer today that you would leave here victorious. How victorious? So victorious that you want to tell the world about your victory. Stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You know, it'd be funny if uh, whoever's going to win the World Series, if they just said, you know what, don't print, don't, don't print. Don't put it in the headlines. We don't need the, we don't need the credit. We don't want anyone to know that we're world champions. Or worse yet, if they're fans, can you imagine if the Yankees fans win the World Series? They're still in it. They're going to tell everybody that they've won. Or Phillies fans were even worse. They're going to tell everybody that they're victorious. When I win, I shout, look what I did. Ladies and gentlemen, we've won. And we've not won because of us, but we've won because of Jesus. So if you must boast, boast in the name of Jesus. Bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to pray with you. As we conclude today, I want you to know you're you're victorious. You've got victory. Stop walking in defeat. Stop being depressed. Stop walking in defeat because you have the glory of the king. The glory over sin, the glory over death, the glory over your enemy. But your enemy isn't the person next to you person across the street from your house, the person that's tormenting you, that's not your enemy. The enemy is the dragon that's mentioned in Revelation chapter 12, and he is defeated by the blood of the lamb in your life. But you have to have the blood of the lamb. It's the most important ingredient It's the only ingredient that will give you victory over sin in your life. So here's what I want to do. In a minute, we're going to sing a song. My friend Megan's up here. I'm going to be up here. And we're a little old school. We we like to open the altar still. So you can come and you can pray and you can give whatever it is you're dealing with to the Savior. But we understand that sometimes it can be hard. We understand that sometimes you just need to deal with 
whatever you're dealing with right where you sit. And so we want to offer that to you. We also want to offer this to you. Deal with it however you need to deal with it. But the most important thing that you deal with is this question. Have you received the blood of the Lamb? And because that's the most important question, I'm going to ask for a response for that. I'm going to ask that if the answer is no, I have not, I want to invite you just to right now, right where you stand, just raise your hand and say, Pastor Adam, I have not received the blood of the Lamb in my life. Would you do that right now? One, two, three. Anybody? Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? I have not received that gift. If you raise your hand, I want to pray with you right now. And then we're going to sing a song. And you others that want to come and deal with whatever you're dealing with, that you bring it to the altar and lay it here. If you raise your hand, I want to invite you to say this prayer with me. Say, God, I know I need you. I know I need the blood of the Lamb to wash me white as snow. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Empower me with a new identity of Jesus and help me live for him. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's sing a song.